0: This is Leverage, the podcast about power, politics, and influence. I'm Crystal High Taylor,
1: and I'm Breon Wells,
0: and we are BG as well, right? Isn't that the spirit, the moment that we're in right now, twin? Um, Immediately in the aftermath of Brittany Griner pleading guilty, right to I guess possession um, as part of her detainment in Russia, and just can you can you? set the stage like what what's been going on she was detained in russia since february like who is britney griner bring bring our listeners up to full speed so we can have this conversation about bg and everything that's going on right now
1: yeah so Brittany griner is a wmba basketball star uh she plays for the phoenix mercury <clears throat> and You know, she was detained in Russia uh, in February for carrying a very, very, very small quantity of uh,
0: cannabis oil.
1: Is that what we want to call
0: it? Yes, like 0.07 grams Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of of hashish oil.
1: And we will unpack here in a minute why she was in Russia, Uh, Mm -hmm. but this of course happened what else was happening in february was russia's invasion of ukraine Mm -hmm. um and so there has been since the beginning a lot of speculation on the why why britney griner why uh at that time at that moment was she being leveraged uh out of anger that putin had about you know the united states posture as he was invading ukraine Uh, Was he looking for a political swap of prisoners, you know, for Brittany Griner in exchange? Uh, And so it's been just under, I want to say, 200 days uh, Mm -hmm. that she has been in um, prison and in Russia. And at first there was no designation um, that was given. And so there was at a certain point about, I wanna say a couple of months ago is when they finally, the United States uh, classified her as wrongfully detained. Mm-hmm. And that's a significant designation because what it does is it allows for um, like her wife, Sherelle Greiner, and the mass public, and these WNBA players, and these NBA players, and all of Britney's supporters to really hold. Uh, this administration accountable to do everything that they can to get Brittany Griner out. And so, um, and mind you, she's not the only one that is detained. You have Paul Wheeling. You have a number of other folks who have been detained as well for long periods of time. Um, One of the things is Brittany is the most known of the Mm -hmm. groups that that has been detained. Um, And so, as you said, Twin, Just recently, uh, this week, she pled guilty um, to the charges that were brought against her. Mm -hmm. And that guilty plea does not mean that she was, in fact, guilty and will be found guilty. But what it does do is it opens up some more um, access points legally, for instance, so that, uh, you know, her case can now be seen as in order to be swapped if that's what Putin is trying to do, this political prisoner swap, um, or it allows her to be able to ask for clemency and get mm-hmm. them this clemency. I want to contextualize though, for our, our you know subscribers, the Russian court system is not the US court system. The it Russian very, justice very system is pro, not the US justice system.
0: It is very, very pro-prosecution. And there's been some speculation that, you know, this This plea of guilty on her part it's like what is it something like ninety nine percent of all criminal defendants in Russia get found guilty Correct. or something like so I mean you know I, I I think you raised a really good point about the potential the potential avenues to basically try and get Brittany back that are only opened up once her case is closed, you know like they can't even fully engage in the diplomatic process as it may be right until the criminal case um, mm-hmm. that she's currently facing is resolved. And, you know, this guilty plea that she entered was what, July 7th or 8th. And then yep. her next court date is something like July 14th. Um, so I think there could be a lot of movement over the next week or so.
1: Yeah. And and I think, you know, keep in mind, again, Brittany Griner is not the only one. And so we would be irresponsible not to unpack this in its fullness that we do need to acknowledge that this is a Black woman who is part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, and, you know, is a female athlete.
0: Highly Uh, decorated female athlete. Right.
1: And, And so in one sense, the world is starting to see from a different lens what many other families of prisoners are dealing with and sometimes the limitations that administrations have. That's not to give the administration a pass, but it is Mm -hmm. to say we have gotten a different glimpse and view into how you know, these sorts of things, because you've had people who were detained in Iran. You've had people who Mm -hmm. were detained in Russia. We've done political, you know, uh, prisoner swaps in in, with the Russians in the past. But this is the first time that you've had a high profile person. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. let's
1: unpack why she was there, though. She was there because she's in the WNBA and, and one can't spell. help but right. yeah <laughs> one can't help but outline that your average WNBA player at the higher end that is highly decorated like Britney grinder is making about $200,000 a year
0: correct and w- so one of the and things and that's, that that so that's, right. that's on the high end So you got some still
1: making 60,000
0: right that's on the high end and one of the things about this whole situation that just bespeaks just political gamesmanship and outright just tomfoolery, because it's not like this was Britney's first time in Russia. She has actually been season. playing. Her she tenth has tenth actually season. been playing in Russia in her off season. To your point, for ten years. So it's not like she's a brand new figure, not an unknown commodity, right? And it's like you talk about the ways in which her brand, her image, um, everything about her is being leveraged, you know, at, at great expense, at great cost, you know, for, um, I, well, don't let me try to project what um, Vladimir Putin has in mind as part of this whole dynamic. But you you raise some very interesting points, both about the timing of her detainment and, um, its correlation to the invasion of Ukraine. Also, when you start talking about these political prisoner swaps and some of the names that have been um, elevated as a potential prisoner swap, is it's literally like, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he's like a, a 25, he's been serving mm-hmm. like a 25 year sentence, murderer. arms dealer, <laughs> murderer, <laughs> like aid in a bed, terrorist. Yep. And that's who y'all, that's
1: who y'all want for Britney for, for BG. Like it's it's wild. Well, well, it and, is and, wild. I mean, and I don't think we should be shocked though, right? Because we've already said the justice system and therefore the value system is at least on the face of it different mm-hmm. here than it is in Russia, right? Here in the US. And so to them, that's what they call Monday. But I think, I think we, we have to as well acknowledge, and I, I will say this, there's been speculations about Putin's health and his frame of mind and his state of mind. But I would say as well, we can't deny that there may have been a strategy in choosing of all people, Brittany Griner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's not mm-hmm. forget that Russia did exploit fissures mm-hmm. of race. Mm -hmm. in the 2016 election Mm -hmm. that this country didn't want to talk about but they were all too happy Mm -hmm. to fill in the blanks right um Mm -hmm. and try to exploit for their purposes and so when you choose a black lgbtq high profile female Mm -hmm. it starts to beg the question why was she in russia why did she need to go for instance is lebron james playing in russia in the offseason season The answer would be no. Um, Is Steph Curry playing in the offseason in Russia? The answer is no. It's simply because it bleeds towards this lack of pay equity, Mm -hmm. yet again, for women, including, yes, in the athletic arena. It's what Megan Rapinoe and other voices have been screaming about in other facets of this, um, so that, you know, even Megan Rapinoe's partner, Sue Bird, used Mm -hmm. to play in Russia. It's actually, Britney was not the only one. You have a whole Mm -hmm. host of players in the WNBA because they're getting paid comparatively peanuts to Mm -hmm. their male colleagues um, that are, you know, and they don't get endorsement nods at the same frequency as their male colleagues. And they don't get that way. So she was there to supplement her income. And it's it's funny that they could have picked anybody again She wasn't the only one. They picked Brittany Griner for a reason. For
0: for a reason. And isn't she also, you know, when you start talking about ways to supplement income, isn't isn't Brittany also the first openly gay um, athlete to be signed to Nike as as part of an endorsement deal?
1: I think so. I think Uh that might be true. Look, don't give me the line, twin, but I think she's definitely (laughs) one of the... If, if she's not the only one, it's a very small handful that mm-hmm. is newly, you know, mm-hmm. In, in, mm-hmm. Uh, endorsed.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like the, the pay equity piece is really interesting. And I, I'd be curious to know, what is your retort to people who then counter the pay equity um, dynamic, specifically for the WNBA with, oh, but it's not as profitable as the NBA. Oh, you know, like they're not making as much money. Do you think that that argument holds any water or does it go back to like, nah, y'all, just, y'all still across the board just refuse to pay women what they are worth regardless of the industry?
1: So I think that, I'll say this, I think it's always and every, every dollar we spend at the individual level and at the societal level um, or that we choose not to spend is a reflection of our values. Correct. And so I would say that it is easy to simply stop at the door of the WNBA and the NBA and mm-hmm. say there's a pay gap and y'all need to fix it and work it out. um When the truth is, we as society need to do a better job of expressing our values and holding people accountable. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> women outpace, you know, and, and, and women, there's more women than men mm-hmm. um, in, in this country. Uh, but the interesting thing is this is where you start talking about power dynamics. Mm-hmm. And you start talking about what is, right? And how do you best leverage moments to transform cultures? And so I think the same argument has been made and leveraged against Black people. You know, mm-hmm. we're not seen mm-hmm. as profitable. The quality of our stuff is different. You know, they don't want to call it bad. And what they mean is that difference is not welcome here because we don't like change.
0: Isn't that also interesting how, at the same time that Black people are undervalued, Black people are the first and, you know, perhaps only people in the United States who have been commerce before we could participate in it, right? So much of culture, especially when you look at pop culture, um, emanates from black tradition, black community. And yet it's almost like you're saying black culture isn't valued or valuable when on display by black people. But if we can cap on it, yes, we we love black culture in those regards.
1: Absolutely. And and the same would be said in this case for gender and gender equity. Right. That as much as it allows us to check a box and say, hey we're diverse, we're not Russia. We're not, you know, these other countries. We have arrived in a space. Mm-hmm. Um, it is this false narrative. And so I think the politics of it is twofold. You have the bigger international landscape of the politics of this, which is, mm-hmm. you know, why did Vladimir Putin pick Brittany Griner of all, even if we just start with the WNBA players, who frequent Russia. Um, mm-hmm. Or you also have plenty of Americans who play volleyball mm-hmm. in Russia. You know, an, mm-hmm. another space. Volleyball is not as, as popping as basketball mm-hmm. and as mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. So you have plenty of athletes that go out a, you know, to other spaces to help supplement their income and get better opportunities, get more exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why out of all of those picks was it Brittany Grinder? Also, now, at the domestic level, the politics of this is it sheds light on our values when it comes to gender pay equity, when it comes mm-hmm. to how we treat Black people, Black women, um, mm-hmm. and, and the extent to which, even as, to be clear, um, thus far, the United States seems to have taken the same path as every other um, detainee whether it was Russia or in Iran, U.S. detainee that is abroad. Mm -hmm. But one, you know, politically, this is the first time more eyes are on it than ever before. Like, you know, some of our, some of our, the people you and I know, Crystal, for the first time, they're like, wait a minute, we have these political prisoners. It's been on the news, but it just hasn't hit home as much. But that other politics part of it is, is, the same treatment that you give typically these white males that have been political prisoners when you try to use that same measurement against black females who have been taken abroad Mm -hmm. is that does that suffice is it enough I mean it's Mm -hmm. you are in some ways doing something at the same way that you always have done it and in these Mm -hmm. precedents so you haven't been discriminatory per se Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but given that you know, pesky systemic institutionalized r- racism and in the history of this country and, and sexism and the gender spaces. What does that bring to bear for, is it enough? Or how does it translate at least to the people? And the people seem to be saying, you're not doing everything that you can. Yeah.
0: It's funny. I saw something um, online the other day that made a comment to the effect of, if this was Tom Brady, he would have been back. hmm you know, like if this was insert name of any prominent uh, male athlete or any prominent white male athlete, they would have been back by now. And I, you can't help but um, you can't help but wonder. Now, granted, yes, let, let let us acknowledge that these past what four, nearly five months or so have been replete with broad scale chaos, right? You think about all the things that have happened um, in in this country over the past um, few months since since Britney's attainment. It strikes me as very interesting the way the media has handled this situation, that it isn't given greater visibility or higher, you know, attention and, and notoriety. And it reminds me of what you were just saying a few minutes ago about the ways in which these different dynamics of race, of gender, how they play out on a national stage in terms of, well, who, whose stories are valuable? Whose lives yeah. are valuable? What are the narratives that we want to um, advance for, for top line consideration? You know, and you almost have to, you, you just have to kind of take a beat a little bit and say, So for all the different dynamics that are at play, is it really that hard to get Britney back? Is it really that hard to be more vocal, more visible about this? Or is is there yet another round of like ulterior something?
1: Yeah. And here's the thing, because and I and I heard and I remember, you know, listening this week to some of those arguments that were saying, had this been Tom Brady, he would have been he would have been back and would have gotten about. I don't know that I fully agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. and and here's you know here's why um and don't get me wrong paul wheelan i'm not suggesting that paul wheeling is is as known nearly as britney grinder or tom brady most people didn't know that paul Whelan was in here until britney grinder got uh detained mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. paul Whelan has been in you know uh, uh in prison in russia since 2018
0: mm-hmm. i was about to say about three
1: four years he's right. he's been you know in there for a while and so i think The argument is less even that it's, you know, it's just they would have had, the government would have had a different energy uh, had it been Tom Brady. I think the real argument that needs to be made is the system doesn't work, especially if you're black and brown and multi-marginalized, because the system isn't working for Paul Whelan a white guy Correct. who has no name, right? right. Or And, and right. I don't mean that as in a dismissive way. I'm talking about as right. far as right. being known in these spaces, right? And so th- this is, um, I, I think, as you and I talk, as, as, you know, when we talk about leverage and the arguments that should be made or the angles that need to prove to be the most effective, um, you know, it's, I think that the focus needs to be on the fact that, The current system with which the United States government has uh, shown up to this doesn't seem to be suitable regardless of your skin color, regardless of your gender, because we don't know that Tom Brady Mm -hmm. would be home by now. What we do know Mm -hmm. is it would get immediate press coverage. What we do know is you may he may have some money and, you know, some friends who may decide to do some off the record special ops sort of stuff. But Mm -hmm. that's not the government moving. And we need to make that distinction. The Mm -hmm. government is still going to be the government. And right now, the government's playbook is not working, has not been Mm -hmm. working. And Brittany Griner's detention proves that, I think. So they Mm want to reevaluate.
0: What is so to that point, like what do you think are, you know, some of the takeaways or some of the messages for Americans, period, who might want to travel abroad, who don't have resource, who don't have notoriety, who don't have, you know, big name visibility. Like, are we entering into a space that says it's it's worth you reconsidering how you engage? you know, elsewhere, because you might get snatched up. And if you get snatched up, your government may not come save you. You know, like, is that, is that this moment that we're moving into? Or does that, you know, do, do we prefer to say, well, no, like, you know, generally these types of situations are, you know, reserved for those who, could somehow be leveraged as political capital? Like, what, where, where do you think we are on the spectrum on that? Yeah,
1: I think, so, ooh, twin, that's a loaded question. Because, <laughs> because I think it it w- there's a couple of things that we need to acknowledge, right? One, I don't think that we should change, that folks should change their travel plans. And, you know, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean travel everywhere and anywhere. Like, still look up on that State <laughs> Department advisory board and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. adjust yourself accordingly as as we Mm -hmm. say in the church you know Mm -hmm. address yourselves accordingly but i think on the same token we need to acknowledge that american exceptionalism which let's be clear has been in some ways american arrogance and i'm Mm -hmm. separating that from i'm about to get to britney grinder situation in a minute I'm separating that clearly mm-hmm. from Brittany Griner. But this American exceptionalism that says that I can go in someone else's culture and do what I do at home, mm-hmm. that might get you locked up in these other spaces. And so mm-hmm. it's really a question of just because you can do some things, should you, when, mm-hmm. especially when you're going into someone else's culture. One thing mm-hmm. I don't think that we do enough of um, in America, is learn how to exist in someone else's culture and respect that culture, full stop.
0: Well, of we, course we, not, because, you know, <laughs> that's, this, listen, think about like America itself is like this melting pot that never melted, right? As Tony Cook yep. says. And it, it's fascinating to me because this idea of American exceptionalism causes too many Americans to believe that this is the greatest place on earth even without reference to ever leaving, even without reference to ever leaving. Right. The you, didn't the you, didn't the you didn't have the data.
1: You didn't have the experience to say so.
0: You, you just believe the hype. And you out here thinking like, oh, we are the best thing smoking. And I get to do what I want to do because we're American. And you, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you, and can't, you
0: really can't do that anymore.
1: And you do have some people that go abroad and they do violate rules in other countries and then they get detained and in those cases it's still the you know different nature and some would say even brutal nature of some of these spaces that we do want to get these americans out but let's also address the elephant in the room that this american exceptionalism that has really been practiced as arrogance um, has caused the people to get clapped up. Now, when we talk mm-hmm. about the Britney grinders of the world, part of the solution and the where you could solve the politics of it is take the air, the oxygen out of the room. What do I mean by that? That means if we know that Putin may have strategically chose her because she was Black, LGBTQ, female, and a well-known athlete that no matter how well-known you are, you're still Black for mm-hmm. what it means in this country. You're mm-hmm. still LGBTQ for what it means in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're still a woman for what it means in this country. Then mm-hmm. how about the United States, it, it shines a light on the fact that we need to seriously do the work internally mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. those things and those factors can never be exploited again. Mm-hmm, like, that's mm-hmm. the reality that you have this American exceptionalism on one side by some who go over there that are American and just go with all the arrogance and all mm-hmm, I can do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have others who are just a byproduct of the racial social construct and hierarchy of power that mm-hmm. they have been oppressed and they go over. And of course, that who wouldn't? I And I hate to say it like yeah, this, yeah. but who wouldn't pick a Brittany Griner if you're trying to be the pettiest?
0: Right, right. And you know, it's so funny to that point. One of the questions that keeps coming back to me that's really fascinating to me is, again, this idea, this was not her first trip. She's not new to Russia. She is a superstar on Russian women's basketball, right? For all intents and purposes. And apparently, um, many of the basketball leagues in Russia are, you know, connected to funded and supported by Russian oligarchs. Right. And so you, there's part of this equation where you're like, so what is, what is this bargaining shit in the background? Cause if your star player is detained and can't do anything, like you would think that there's some greater level of, friction or dynamic in the back end that has nothing to do with what's happening in America, you know, has nothing to do with our government, but you would think that there's some level of, of engagement that ostensibly would be happening. Cause like, just from the perspective of you trying to protect your investment, right. in this superstar player who helps your team and do does whatever else. And I can't help, but also think about them, how some of our government's response um, to russia's actions in the ukraine um, different sanctions and whatnot the impact that that's had on oligarchs some of the russian oligarchs over there and if to your point of petty if that is somehow even part of what's involved in in all of this you know like it 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 almost it almost feels like a shonda rhymes um (laughs) you know show because there's just so many off the wall uh kind of dynamics but i can't i can't help think about um just what is what is that russian money piece in this and how come things don't seem to be playing out differently yet
1: yeah well and and i think so one sanctions take time to manifest and actually impact right which is why some were trying to pressure the Biden administration early on, well before February. Um, I believe 24th was the day that Putin mm-hmm. um, invaded Ukraine. Well, before then, they were saying you need to put these, you know, uh, sanctions out. Now, the Biden administration was clearly looking at these sanctions as a deterrent, you know, at least the threat of it. Would be enough to deter him from acting, and clearly, uh, you know, Putin said, "To quote Nuck if one you of want. the right." <laughs> I mean, I mean, he basically said, "The Real Housewives." Who going to check me, boo? You know, he was like, "Who's, <laughs> who's a?" And so, I think, you know, this is why the argument was: if you're going to make this play, you need to do these sanctions well before, so that by time, like at the point he started articulating that he might go ahead and, and invade Ukraine, put the sanctions. If for no other reason, then we had the annexation of Crimea in 2015. We had Georgia that used to be called South Ossetia, uh, or, you know, it's now called South Ossetia. We used to have Georgia that was you know, uh, um, taken over by the Russians. They have a pattern in practice. Like he wasn't bluffing, he wasn't right. lying. Right. But I think, to your point, the the other more important spot is, and the reason why I say I connect Brittany Griner and the 2016 election, mm-hmm. I think it's because in 2016 we saw that Russia disinformation campaigns don't mind leveraging and exploiting. Racial divides, mm. specifically, not just gender, mm-hmm. but racial mm-hmm. divides in this country. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, there is no current evidence that would prove that what they did is changed any tabulations of any votes, that mm-hmm. there was a cyber hack, right, that came in and changed votes to, you know, push uh, one way or the other. What they did mm. is they exploited through social media the conversations we did not want to have in this country, the issues we refused to address. And so then now when we pick again a Brittany Grinder, which it was not a, a mistake, I say mm-hmm. it's very strategic. It was because she was not just a woman. It was because she was Black. And Correct. here it was to yet again exploit. And so the United States really needs to consider the fact that it, Putin is not the only one. You may have other actors in the foreign space that mm-hmm. will continue to exploit the racial divides that they some of the colonizers, you know, <laughs> not, uh, today.
0: Not, you to, know not today, colonize that
1: that they absolutely put to bear and and gave birth and rise to these systems. The last thing I'll say though is shout out to sherelle Grinder, because who in just one sense finished
0: law school
1: right she just had to carry that like, weight on her back and what she did yeah. though sh- she did something that at least i have not seen done by most families who have been um had some a loved one detained she first of all refused to be silent hmm She refused to do this. uh, Let's just get along behind closed doors. Had she been silent, I don't think she would have ever gotten that phone call from Mm -hmm. the president of the United States and the vice president. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That mixed with the fact that her wife is well known, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. she refused to be silent. But the other important thing that I have not seen ever in my knowledge, you know, to my knowledge, happen before. She actually shouted out, And was advocating for the other families like Paul Whelan's families so here we have a black woman who is now Mm -hmm. still in the midst of her own turmoil putting Mm -hmm. other people on too Mm -hmm. I can't to my memory recall when we've had some of these other families that was like oh well let's also lift up these other families that are out there Mm -hmm. um let alone if they black or brown
0: Right. I think the 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 urgency as well that she put behind this call to action, it's like, get BG home, get them all home and do whatever it takes. <laughs> like <Yep>. now <laughs> there's exigency, there's power in saying our lives matter and have extreme value. So whatever, whatever petty games y'all want to play, keep us out of it. Just bring our people home. That's like right. she, she's been, she's been so adamant and passionate about that.
1: I, I think the last little, just cause I'm feeling slightly a little petty, the, today, <laughs> the last little thing I'll say, and we can unpack this in a future episode, but it really causes us to think on the fringes of the reality of globalization. Mm-hmm. Um, globalization has its benefits, right, in, in in the sense of you have interconnected economic systems, you have these interconnected political systems, you have these social constructs with which it makes it harder not impossible but mm-hmm. harder for actors like Putin to want to go it alone and really take over spaces right because you have a connection they had McDonald's over in uh Russia they've had yeah. you know these other spaces but one of the things that we have talked about in this age-old fight of globalization, whether it's good or bad, we have not, those that do stump for globalization, which I would say is not altogether a bad thing, but the other reality of it is, it's built from a white normative space. And so that's a reality, right? And, and, And this goes back to the systems and the structures, and even the procedures and the processes that governments have, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. Again, that Biden, the Biden administration, was sitting on the sidelines saying that, "Uh, oh, it's Brittany Griner; it's a black woman. We can, we can forego this." No. Mm-hmm. The problem is they won't acknowledge that the system is not working, never was working for a vast majority of Americans, wasn't even working for your mm-hmm. white men. Mm-hmm. So that means mm-hmm. it was definitely going to be ill-equipped for you for it to work for a Britney Griner and for them to not acknowledge that there's still a level of white normative and facets of white supremacy, even in globalization, because what mm-hmm. are you globalizing? You're globalizing white constructs. Colonizers. That have, that's right, <laughs> colonizing that has in, in many ways uh, been oppressive to anybody that doesn't fit that rigid cookie cutter mold. So when you have a cookie cutter mold on how to deal with ransom, you know th- this rigid structure on how to deal with those who are being held ransom, you already
0: you've already sure. you're, you're at you, a you've lost before you won that's like right. before you even got started that's right well i mean <laughs> there's still so much to unpack we didn't even get to touch on you know the the drug the drug of choice the crime right which she was actually attained this 1.7 grams of cannabis oil which raises a whole other line of conversation around the criminalization of marijuana both in the United States and abroad conversation for another day.
1: Yeah, but um, I, I think real quick, Twin, the the leverage piece of this, I think that folks should continue to lift their voice as they have been doing. I think absolutely. people should take notes, right? For some people, Brittany Griner was their first reference point to how governments work, especially when there's people that are held hostage Um, Mm -hmm. by foreign countries. So take those notes that you all have taken now that you see a better glimpse, you know, continue to do that research, but lift the voice until Mm -hmm. Brittany Griner is home. But then also after Brittany Griner is home, we need more black and brown and other folks to be engaged in this conversation of, this is yet another space where that system is not working. And how Mm -hmm. do we pull up at the table to help these governmental structures understand that this needs to be an overhaul and that we're here to help them from a prescriptive way rebuild
0: how this works and let the church say amen yeah it is this is leverage the podcast about power politics and influence i'm crystal high taylor
1: and i'm breon Wells.